the one and only Bitstorm, a game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy, nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Yes, I am. Hi. Thought I'd change it up a bit tonight. Yeah, I know. So, there was that little hesitation as you were like, what comes next? Because I've completely gone out of the flow of what we normally do. Yes. Uh, But, so, no, you you saved it. Well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, welcome to Bitstorm. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to Episode two or something. Yeah, I have no no idea where we're at now. Uh, Uh, 209, I think it is. 209. A tenth of the way almost to um, to 300 from 200. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I'm just dreaming. I'm just, like, uh, reminiscing about those other 208 episodes. I think we're just going to do some click pitch to start off with. So, this is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're each going to get two words. So, this is our ramped up click pitch variation, an adjective and a noun. And we are going to turn those words into a game design. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We'll explore it. We'll. If you haven't listened before, welcome. Yeah, if this is your first time, you're in for a ride. So, uh, let's jump into it. Three, two, one, click. Shouting volunteer. Observing chunk. I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing this as it as as like some sort of volunteer who happens to I don't know see something that he wasn't meant to. Well, so where I went with this is there have been these monoliths showing up recently. Yep. <laughs> which are presumably just like art pieces that people are doing, they're playing a prank or whatever. But I kind of like this idea that this strange chunk of metal, mysterious thing shows up somewhere and everybody's coming, they want to see it. And so there are these volunteers who are who are helping to protect the area. My my question is, does this appear in the middle of one of those counting rooms where all the volunteers were like they're counting all the ballots and all this sort of stuff and during all of a sudden the there's election. just a during the election there's all of a sudden a monolith just just in the center of the room and I'm like everyone's like, was that there a minute ago? Observers, did you see it? Did you see it? No, we were looking at the ballots. <laughs> no, we'll go with that. You said it, we'll do it. We don't have to. <laughs> so, I'm just trying to picture this scene and what the implications are of a strange alien monolith appearing in the middle of an election counting room, a ballot counting room during <laughs> important election. Uh, is this aliens trying to, like, um, rig the election in some way? <laughs> or is it a time traveler? Maybe it's a time traveler who's come back in time. <laughs> to stop the rigging from happening. Or, and or the rigging rig was actually- Or to change the results in some way. They, they, ju- they just got the timing wrong. They were supposed to come, you know, come back just after all the, um, all the counting had finished and then change all the ballots. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or they were supposed to cut, they were coming back just before and they were going to, like, campaign for Trump or something. They're, like, they're <laughs> these fucking awful MAGA aliens. Um, MAGA so, aliens. Let, let's not do this and let's go back to yours where, where <laughs> okay. there's all the volunteers um, trying to stop people from stealing. Right, so, I'm sort of picturing this scene, and I don't know where the game is in this yet, but of maybe it's, like, the government versus- like the UFO watchers or something like they're there mm-hmm. because they're like, no, we have to protect this. It's like some sort of alien uh, artifact. And if the government gets their hands on it, like we'll never see it again and we'll never know what's, what it's about. And the mm-hmm. government's there trying to come and take it and, and, and lock it down. Okay. One little wrinkle that I'm yeah. going to put in. You're playing the government. 
Okay, you play a government agent of some sort. Yep. That's fine. What what I like about that is you can actually explain why we don't want people around this thing. You you can go into into the into the fact of like it causes mass sterilization or something like that, you know. Mm. And you being a lowly agent, you may only get like small little pieces of this. You're having to try and get in there and, and get intel on it and then then yeah. leave and and then come back and you you're trying to basically I like the, okay I like the idea because I'm just trying to think of the journey here and what the gameplay is I like the idea of this being the journey of this agent as they make their way higher in the agency and get promoted and with each promotion comes new revelations of what's going on right mm-hmm. so yes as a lowly agent you're essentially told oh it's probably a prank but we need to keep everyone away from it because, like, yeah, it's it's giving off low levels of radiation or something. Yeah. And so, I don't know what the scene looks like. It's, I don't know what sort of game this is yet, but you're essentially talking to I, people there. I, I see, I see this almost away. like a Hitman sort of thing where you're walking through crowds and you, you're trying to keep a low profile because you're sort of sneaking through and you're, you're able to talk to different people. And obviously, you can't approach the monolith too, too closely and all this sort of stuff. And basically, you're getting debriefs as, as you find out more things- like I don't think there's necessarily in this five day period or whatever that it's you've got to you've got to try and capture no, this monolith by this then. Is, I'm thinking this is set over months now. Months, okay. Because you are going through these promotions and you're essentially proving yourself at each point, but each time it shifts a bit. So I think I'm thinking even maybe that first scene is almost just a prologue, and you're playing like yeah, one of those just government agents who's like standing around just waiting for shit to go down, just sort of the on on the ground agent. And you're, you're essentially watching, like, these volunteers, these these protesters, like, shouting down the government who are coming in and trying to get them away because, one, it's dangerous, but also, two, they want to take control of the area. So, so is there, is there like, sides. a fringe-like observer that you, that you occasionally see that you can maybe talk to? I could bring that, yeah. I mean, I was just taking observing as, like, the people are coming to see it, but we could bring in something- higher level like that. Maybe it turns out they're like the leaders of your agency or something. Yeah. It's actually run by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think that in this case, the people that you're working for are literally trying to do the good th- a good thing. Yeah. Look, like- let's let's go into the realm of science fiction and talk about <laughs> a, a government that's actually turned into <laughs> good for its citizens. Uh- <laughs> you had you waited till I just was having a sip. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that's fine. I mean, I think you still obviously you don't make that clear from the beginning necessarily. I like the idea of there being questions about that especially as you know you do get some people who are maybe violent against the protesters as they're pushing back and stuff in that initial scene and then something maybe something happens and you take control of the scene and then it's like okay you know you're getting a promotion you're up to clearance level c uh and we can tell you that you know we suspect that this is of alien origin and you know we need to and that it's not made of of one of the known elements like it's yeah yeah, I mean, we techno babble it away of like this is something we haven't seen before, or at least this is something we need to control. And then maybe, yeah, you've got a scene of maybe it is more of a hitman-like scene. It's like, okay, but we we think that someone in the protesting group knows this as well. Like, we need you to infiltrate and like find intel or something. Yeah, uh, and then you do that well, and you get okay, you're now clearance level B. It's like actually, you know, we've known about aliens for some time. 
and this is, you know, this is actually a message from them and we need it to decode it because it could be incredibly important. Yeah. Um, and if it gets into the wrong hands, then, you know, the life on this planet as we know it could actually end. Yeah, like if it gets opened in the wrong way or something, like without the right codes, it's incredibly dangerous. And so, I don't know, I don't know what that ne- what's that next step of, of gameplay? Um <clears throat> Well, I think I think what they then authorise you to do is sort of um, lead a strike team to sort of mm. get in and get out without being caught, sort of thing. Oh like, yeah, that's good, like stealth stuff. Causing yeah, to cause a distraction over around. over over in one side of the camp, and yeah. you know, less casualties the better. And you know, yeah. it's it's all about how quick you can take this down without yeah. anyone actually finding out. And then your final sort of mission is it's almost the chase scene out of there where, you know, the, the leader of the, of the now cult of the, of the monolith is, yeah. you know, glowing eyes and all that sort of stuff because he's actually been converted into like he's, a- He's been too close to it for too long. Yeah. yeah I like that. And, and then, and then it's like, okay, and you did that really well. Now you're clearance level A, and actually your bosses are aliens, and uh, this uh, this is a message from their home planet. And not only does it contain instructions for a you know what could be used either as a world destroying bomb or endless energy forever, uh, but also a care package from their mum with their favourite snacks. <laughs> and they really needed it. They really needed those. Uh, those jibble jabbles, you know, they just they, they haven't had them in millennia. <laughs> jibble jabbles. What I would like to see is is you know if you fail that last mission, what happens to this? I'm thinking it's, it's a cold fusion bomb or something like that. Yeah. That, you know, it's it's all around the cold fusion, and it's like schematics on one side, and it's um or or it's like a yes, it's a triangular monolith, but if you open it up, it's like it's got infinite space inside, and it's actually got <laughs> it's actually got the components inside that you need to to build it. So yeah, it's not just the information; it's literally it's, it's literally like a pocket the um, dimension in there. Yeah, yeah, monolith of holding. <laughs> don't don't just don't put the smaller monolith inside the bigger monolith, otherwise you create a rip no, that's in time. Actually, how you create the energy, you just have to or then put that all into an even larger monolith to contain it, uh, and 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 then plug in your iPad to charge. Very and fast. then you put a Dyson sphere around it. <laughs> Is anyone who's sure? All right, three, two, one, click. Opponent prejudice absorbed monarch. Oh, okay. Ooh, I, I, I've just got D&D in my head right now, and mm. I've got, like, the gelatinous cube absorbing a monarch <laughs> and sort of, like, the monarch becoming one with the gelatinous cube and yeah. sort of, like, taking on some of the, some of the um like, the best I of both worlds. I love the idea of a gelatinous cube on a throne. Yeah. That's good. Okay. It's uh, kind of like the, the blob from outer space. But he's sentient and he's absorbed the leader, but mm-hmm. has actually become one with the leader. So the leader actually has the leader is now both blob and leader. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. They share they share their their consciousness essentially. Yeah. Is this all right? Is this a world where is this the first time this has happened? You know, usually it just digests them, but for some reason this time it's uh, it's merged. Or is this just how this species um, works? This is this is how it works with royal blood. Oh, okay. It's a special bloodline thing. Yeah. Like, you could even show during the prologue or something like that, you actually see in the bloodline there is 
there is like another amorphous blob who's who's sort of like integrated <laughs> into this family somehow. Right. So the the royal blood is <laughs> actually they've got this like their family tree and <laughs> it's royalty so it's a, it's a very narrow tree. They they go, they go all the way down and it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> there's Vicky, there's Blob, there's Harry. Hang on, Blob. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite sure why great 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 grand Father Blob was named that. It's not a very common name. Uh, you know, there are words. I think maybe he was just fat and it was a nickname, but. His nickname king- was Gel or Gel. <laughs> and then the king was out hunting. I think the king was out like. it's. He's one of these like adventure kings, you know. And so he was, he was down in the dungeon, you know, searching for treasure or saving <laughs> someone or something. I'm and- looking for treasure. <laughs> <laughs> he's an adventure king, but he's just very like flamboyant as well. Um, it's fine. I kind of, I, I kind of see this character as almost like a a um, King Graham from from Daventry yeah. in King's Quest. Yeah, exactly. But like he's just he's merged with like this amorphous blob. So then, for the rest of the game, I'm almost picturing it as like something like Yes, Your Grace, um, which is essentially you are sort of just making decisions about the kingdom, and you go around and visit the different spots in your um, in your in your castle and talk to the different family members and different people and stuff. And there's sort of a story that progresses as you do that, and you can make different decisions. But it's all I think in the meantime, you've got this dialogue going on in your head between the blob and the king. Like there's some at some level they're still separate and conversing. Uh, um, and then when, and when, when they agree on things, they that's what they say. Does this also bring into the into the idea that the the problem with the amorphous blob is the fact that it eats humans normally. Yeah. Like that's its food. Yeah. And it still needs to be satiated somewhat. So Ooh, it's kind yeah. of like that um that season four of Angel where you've yeah. got the um you've got the god who will kill a couple but will make everyone happy. Yeah. And you've got that kind of morality tale of Are these some of the choices you can make around do you just feast <laughs> and 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 be a king who is hated or mm-hmm. do you like, you know, uh sentence people to execution by dinner? <laughs> <laughs> execution by merging. <laughs> execution by I'm gonna eat you for lunch. <laughs> Execution by in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby I back, baby back. Like, ribs. I, like, I want my peasant back, peasant back, peasant back. Chili, <laughs> baby back ribs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I like that. So, uh, what else? What else? Thinking there for a moment. Could this work in VR? Because I was kind of picturing the idea grabbing of like, people and just pulling them in. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I was more thinking. I, I was coming at from the idea of like this this little model of the dialogue that's going on in your head between your two sort of semi conscious beings and like having them almost like the angel and devil on your shoulder. Not actually. Obviously, it doesn't quite work to actually look at your shoulder, but like having them sort of off to the off to either side and seeing them sort of floating there and popping in and popping out <laughs> as they have their say, and then you get to choose like which you you know which you go. Okay, picture this: you're you're in you're in the um in VR, 
and the first the first scene is fade from black. Okay. And you sit up and first you hear Okay, King, now we've got to choose this. And you're looking over there and like, there's this kingly being. And then all of a sudden you look off to the side and he goes, no, I think we should eat some peasants. And you turn around and it's like this huge blob. This is this blob. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's like, I like the idea of it being that first scene. And you can do a flashback to show how it happened. Um, yeah. And, and get a scene of playing the king, like, slashing kind of like the dungeon. It, it flashes to white and then all of a sudden you see, you know, you looking, you looking through the king's eyes and, mm. and, you know, a blob, um, comes down in front of in front of you and you go to fight it or or something like that but you lose the fight your arm in. yeah yeah totally uh and then yeah i'm sort of picturing this it, like it could actually be really cool sitting there on a throne in vr and and you know you hear a big echo as the door opens and some some uh, knight comes in who you know has come back from an adventure party or whatever to tell you what they found and you make some decisions and then yeah the peasants come in and or farmers or whatever like hey we need you know money for this what you do you want to give it to us i heard uh, that you stole some bread get in my belly <laughs> yeah exactly. well that's it you can essentially set like <laughs> it, <laughs> literally everyone who comes in there's an option to just eat them <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that might just completely cut off storylines that you otherwise would have seen sometimes it's the right thing to do it's like the prime minister come comes to see you and it's like so we've got some problems <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so you never find out about the army amassing at the at the border. Well, and then maybe that maybe you know, obviously, if you if you knock off key people, it might just make the rest of the game really difficult because you're going to be attacked in five days, and there's no time to do anything else. Yeah, right? but then if you've eaten enough peasants and you get big enough, you can literally just roll over the whole army. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's a cross between yes, my grace, and Katamari Damacy. Yeah. <laughs> But instead of picking up lint, you're picking up peasants. <laughs> Love it. All right. Please <laughs> um, I reckon this is the last one of these, and then we'll go into something a little bit different. Sure. Brave device. Accumulated flexibility. Okay. A flexible device. Well, I was actually thinking when I when I saw the word accumulated and flexibility that it's almost like a Fantastic Four sort of thing where you've gone flying through space mm-hmm. and the gamma radiation or whatever it was gave you the the stretch armstrong like abilities well, of mr I fantastic i don't know a lot about it but why don't we literally just do what a fantastic four game would look like if it was mm-hmm. well, i was gonna say if it was good we might not make a good one but if it was designed by us mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay who we got we've got uh stretch armstrong Yep. Uh, Richard Reed. Rick. Richard Reed. Reed Richards. Reed Reed Richards. Richards. Uh, We've got the Invisible Woman. Sue Storm. She can do force fields too, right? She's essentially Violet is based on her from Incredibles. We have the- What's his name? The The Thing. The Rock guy. Is he The Thing? Yeah. I thought it was The Thing and I was like, no, that's something else. All right. We have The Thing and then we have- Fire kid. Yeah, but uh, I seem to remember in, hang on, Fantastic Four cartoon, I seem to remember there was actually a cartoon that had, like, um, a robot. Uh, oh, yeah, little- Herbie, the, the fictional robot. <laughs> arms. Um, well, we can put in the robot if you like. So, look, Fantastic Four is usually against Doctor Doom, right? That's, like, the main kind of- Yep. Villain so, of their piece. So I think the the cool idea is to actually instead of having, you know, Johnny Storm, you've got 
Herbie, humanoid experimental robot B-type integrated like electronics. Okay. Instead of. Instead of. Um, because for some reason, maybe, maybe Johnny Storm, like, didn't want to be part of the Fantastic Four. If it's Four, in so- the Ultimate Universe, I'm pretty sure he ended up going to high school with Peter Parker at some point. Uh, <laughs> so that may just be when he was off getting his high school diploma. Um, okay. So that brings I- the device in. Oh, right. Gotcha. That's gotcha. the only reason why I'm bringing I mean, it in. Because- I mean, Reed Richards <laughs> is like some uber scientist. I, I feel like covered device, but no, we can go with, we can go with the like, Weird, like, niche canon thing of Herbie the love <laughs> bot. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Name of the episode title. <laughs> so, I think this is VR again because I See, want to- See, I'm, like, I'm not going VR on this one because well, I don't know how stretchy arms are going to work with- Well, but yeah, that, I know how it's going to work. I want to, like, throw my arms forward- <laughs> And then, and then they're out there. And then as you move your hands around, they're moving on the end of your arm over there. And you can like crawl up a wall and like grab stuff and then suck them back. <laughs> okay. So is this a four player co-op? Oh shit. Four player co-op VR. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's think of the, me- let's think of the mechanics for this stuff and how it would work in VR. So yeah, I think, I think obviously Reed Richards. Yeah. You can just sort of fling your arms out there. You've, you've probably got a button. Like, if you're holding down the grip or something, they go out, and when you let go of the grip, they, like, or something, I don't know, whatever, or the trigger, and then, because you want to be able to grip stuff while they're, while your hands are out there, but essentially, you're flinging your arms around, and you can do, like, then you can do, like, grapple points and stuff that as long as you sort of fling towards them, it'll grab, and you can, like, swing. I mean, um, there's just something thing. about, like, you're in the middle of a battle, and- You've got your, your Sue Storm character creating, like, barriers and shit and, you know, can yeah, go stealth. so I think Sue Storm, you've and- essentially got, like, just on your ha- on your hands, you've got sort of fairly large-ish barriers that you can move around to, to block stuff. Very um, that you can do that, but then if, you know, if you're powered up enough, then you can you can create, like, a, a huge a barrier if you, when you go out to the side and, you know, oh, it creates yeah. a bubble. Around all of you. Around thing, all yeah. of you. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Then you then you got the thing who just goes in and just smashes shit. Yeah, he's just smashing shit and throwing um, stuff. He can just pick up stuff in the environment. Oh, and, and, and of course because of because of VR is awesome with scale. Like, oh, he can be like bigger. You know, he can just be bigger and like have to duck down getting into doorways and shit. Yeah, and then um, what the fuck does Herbie do? What are his abilities here? Maybe it's maybe it's a three player co op then. <laughs> But it's it's the Fantastic Four. It's a no. It's a three player co op and Herbie. Oh, I see. <laughs> no I just- one. It's 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 actually a four player co op, but just no one wants to ever play Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can have Herbie and the other four. I don't think. I think Herbie can be like an addition. Okay. From what I'm seeing here, he was just created by Reed Richards, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, it so was. <laughs> so then I think you've got Johnny Storm. Um, so flame like, on, and you can you can fly and shit. Flame on, and you can fly. You can maybe like blast fireballs at people. At, oh, you know, to the actually, main this, this is one of those things where. I swear, in order to actually and flame on, you have to actually have to say, say it. "Flame on!" Yeah, <sighs> bring in the audio, bring in that for sure. Well, and then, and then, as you think, you have to come in with like, "It's crushing time." That's not what it is, is it? It's, <laughs> what's his? It's clobbering time. Clobbering time. Clobbering time. 
It's stretching time. I'm Reed Armstrong. <laughs> and, then, and then Sue Storm goes, it's bubble time. Bubbles. Bubbles. Um, uh, no, I think that could be cool. Almost a Destiny-like, you know- um, Looter shooter. PV- PVE loot shooter. What I mean, what Marvel, what Avengers eventually tried to be, but do it better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we played the beta, it wasn't too bad, but- I'm uh, yeah, kind of glad I mean, that was, we didn't buy it now. <laughs> no, I wouldn't play more than the beta. Uh, yeah, well, look, it was okay. It just, it didn't feel, you just need to make them feel like the superheroes that they are, right? And I think yeah. give the, giving them more skills um, that are that are sort of, because in, in Avengers, it sort of just felt like, well, everyone's just pummeling people in slightly different ways. Yeah. It, it make, it a, make it more asymmetrical, give them different reasons for needing to stretch and, and clobber and- Go invisible and create shields and fly and throw fireballs. Like okay, so I'm picturing for the for the single player campaign that when you do get that final that whole Fantastic Four all together, you yeah. can switch, you can teleport basically into Ooh, any okay. one of the any one of the people to yeah to like do the next. You know, you need to you need to stretch and then move your hands so that you can pull the lever. Yeah, Fuck I yeah. think do it a bit more as a. Lost Vikings esque, or you know, it, where, where essentially it's like, okay, use the right person to to get through this thing. Um, yeah, but you can also just hit the uh, hit like a command button and say, everyone group up on me, so that you don't have to manually move every single person to you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, or, or they're just AI controlled or whatever, right? Like where, for for at least just combat and following you, yeah, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining combat. You know, you you you're sort of going through like this big boss. You beat him up as as like Reed Richards with massive pumped up hands, and then you know you switch over to Sue Storm, and she's like causing like stealthy shit happening and bubbles and making sure that the thing yeah, I isn't. I think Sue Storm would be the most challenging one in combat to to make fun because you don't want to. Just be sitting there like, oh, put a shield, put a shield, put a shield. Um, put a shield and crush two people between it. Well, like- that's, yeah, that's where you maybe want to do it, that you're can that you creating these, like, yeah, you've maybe got force fields that you can throw at people or, yeah, control in some way like that, where you're controlling them remotely with your actual hands and you're, like, bashing things with them. Oh, yeah. you can create a force field around this person and then- like shake it up like a like a you know <laughs> like a paint can. <laughs> see how you can see if you can break the ragdoll physics. <laughs> yeah, that could be cool. Actually, that could make that more fun. Just give her some flexibility with those with those force fields and uh, and be able to kind of use them as as essentially big battering rams and physics objects that can just uh, yeah. It, it then kind of turns every every single character into into a clobbering sort of monster, but. Yeah, which I mean, you do risk. Right, Except for Johnny Storm, the, where you where the Avengers thing, where you're doing flamethrowers everywhere, basically. Yeah, I think you just need to make it. No, no, no you just need to balance it well enough so that. Okay, because like, Sue is valuable as like Stealth, if you are playing as- co-op, then she is valuable as like a support character to be essentially like buffing armor and like creating a force field around. But but it's a strategy thing. It's like okay, like everyone needs to be near me so I can put this shield up. Yep. But also then, like, when that shield goes down, you're all in one spot and someone can, you know, hit you with an area of effect or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, I'm, what I'm wanting to see is, like, some of those um, things that I think 
Simpsons did and like in the in the um the, the four player beat 'em up arcade mm-hmm. one where you could like join together to, to combine attacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Combo I, attacks of some sort. I wanna see like a Johnny Storm firing off his flamethrower at Sue, who then deflects it with, with like a, a bubble into into like Into um, a bunch of enemies or something. Into a bunch of enemies or and like, <laughs> firing a big like flame blast into a force field which she then closes and just like throws into the <laughs> Into a mass of enemies, it just explodes. <laughs> nice. Um, I- I'm picturing, like, um, Thing can use Mr. Fantastic as a slingshot. Sort yes. of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Johnny Storm can, like, heat the thing's hands up to, like, pretty high temperatures, almost molten and just- like as he's oh, pounding like on people, he's just performing, just having molten, <laughs> molten rock hands for a while, and then he just heals, you know, just cools off, does more damage. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that a lot. Um, I don't know what what melted plastic would smell like, but I don't think that you want to get Johnny Storm near, um, <laughs> near, <laughs> near Mister Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> No, I'm just picturing him, like, stretching out his arms and just melting in the middle. Just, like, dripping, dropping, like, dripping down. And- and that's the intro scene, and that's when he decides we need to actually build, like, better- better, um- We need a love bot. <laughs> they fire Johnny Storm. <laughs> Pun not intended. Okay, three, two, one. It literally wasn't. <laughs> Um, no, what are we, what are we going to do now? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Did you want to do, did you have anything we, in mind? We haven't, we haven't done something for a while. We haven't done second chance click pitch for a little bit. So. Okay. Yeah. You want to bring that up? That's true. We haven't. Um, all right. Podchaser.com slash bitstorm for all your pop bitstorm needs, uh, and other podcast needs, of course. And we'll go to episodes. Pizza Delivery Pro was the I last I think that one, was the last one that we did. Yeah. yeah. So, we are going to look at- So, uh, second, cl- second Clance Click Click, Second Chance Click Pitch is uh, a new game that we sort of brought in recently where we go back to our episodes from over 200 weeks ago, over 200 episodes ago, and look at the prompts that we uh, used back then, back then, choose some of them, and uh, essentially- Give them a second chance. See what we can make with them this time. Trying to avoid, obviously, what we did the first, the time, first time, which we generally can't remember because it was like four years ago. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to go all the way back to episode six called Jiggly Bits, which was featuring Reese Smith of Pine Fire Studios, uh, who were at the time working on Kiru. I think, unfortunately, uh, it never came out, but- It's a it shame because it looked looking awesome. really cool. At the time, and uh, we will have three three words because there were three of us. So, yes. here we go. I think we're going to start with Ice Leg Author. Ooh, okay. I, I get- I'm not sure where we went on this. I have no idea. But the first thing comes that comes to mind is Everest and someone okay. like an author, like- um, sort of a walking simulator. He he and his partner sort of trekking up there. But whether whether we change that to Antarctica and and sort of um, investigating stuff happening in Antarctica, you've got you and a, you and a friend, and it's effectively like a like it's a it's a yeah. journey 
Here's across what I'm Antarctica. Picturing. Did you ever play um, Kentucky Route Zero? I've got it. Never played it. Okay. I, I need to finish it sometime. But it was a very sort of slow-paced, introspective game mm-hmm. where there were a lot of moments where you were just kind of slowly moving across the screen, but, like, stuff would be slightly changing or there'd sort of be some storytelling going on. So I was almost picturing that because I'm, I'm picturing these two people, like, trudging through the ice and snow across this, like, barren Antarctic landscape. And you're controlling them, but at that point it's it's very much an evocative moment. You're maybe telling some story, maybe there's some dialogue happening, you're getting some like dialogue choices and stuff, but it's all about this fairly minimalistic, like just the the sound of the snow crunching and the wind sort of blowing by and just this very desolate feel. And you could almost bring in almost like mirages like in like in the desert like you you think yeah. that you see something in the in the distance well or even just as a storytelling device of as you discuss this stuff because maybe it's just these two people and they're like learning more about each other's lives but Ooh, in the is, background is one- you're sort of seeing these like shimmering uh reflections of what they're discussing, you know. So it's not that they see them necessarily, but it's a representation of what they're talking about. So has one hurt their leg and therefore they're like dragging oh. the other one through the snow and you're hearing like that scrapiness with the crunch yeah. of the snow and and then just, you know, them trying to get to get to the next camp. Yeah. Like next yeah, camp. I think I like that. I think it's I think the main gameplay is just walking like that it's because it is sort of this walking simulator sort of thing you've maybe got some sort of directional thing or whatever but it it's it's essentially wherever you go you'll make it to the next camp after that sort of bit of story goes Mm -hmm. Uh, i think you've got dialogue choices so you can like find out more things or maybe take some slightly different conversational paths but yes this person's hurt themselves and and you they're getting worse right like gangrene setting it all yeah, the frostbite, the frostbite. Yeah, like the legs getting blacker. And, and yeah, then you've got these like moments in between where it's like, okay, we got to the next camp. They're deserted. Like there's no one there. They just, they know where they are and they can get in. They've got the code or whatever. They can get some supplies. And and you have some moments then around like that sort of, there's a, it's a different sort of desolation then when you're just like all alone in this fucking dark. Um, so, so do tent. you- I know that it's not good to, like, call it right out there, but I think Antarctica and I think the thing. I like the idea of just seeing a little bit of stuff around, like, that could potentially hint on it, but, like, the layout is just slightly a little bit different. Like, there's just something not quite right, but then you continue on, and that's all that's said about it. Okay, so it's just- it's more of a- almost an Easter eggy sort of- Easter eggy uh, homage, but- Back lore kind of idea yeah. of what's happened here. Yeah, that's- um, I kind of like the idea of if they get lost, how do they actually work out where to go next? Because they can't use a, they can't use a um a compass. Oh, a compass. That's true. Because yeah. no matter where they're going, it's always going to be either if they keep on going west, they're just going round in a circle. <laughs> I mean, depending on how close you are to the South Pole, yeah. But I don't know how everything's do north <laughs> or North Pole, or whatever. Um, how do they navigate at the poles? I don't know. Well, we'll have to do our research <laughs> and figure that out. I mean, I was thinking that from a gameplay perspective, there's not actually a lot of navigation that needs to be done. It's more just like 
whichever way you walk, as long as you're walking in generally the same direction, you're going to reach it um, after a certain yeah. point. Uh, and essentially you see like the sun. Well, again, depending on the time of year, the sun's not going to go down. So it could just be completely in daylight this whole time, uh, which just adds another thing of like, you don't know how much time has passed. Um, and, and so when you, when you get to, you know, your location and, you know, you're finally, you're able to contact like the, um, mm. you're able to, you know, you use the radio there. You're able to contact Get onto the um, ship or whatever that's near. You know that's out. Yeah, and and now you've you've got to try and help this guy to survive the next yeah. two nights or whatever it is. Oh, that's interesting. So then it becomes more of a like, okay, you're in one place, but it's almost a resource management sort of make sure you've got enough you know mm-hmm. stuff left over. And yeah, this feels very much like a No More Robots game. Uh, who actually did Yes, Your Grace, which we talked about earlier, but they mm-hmm. did. Um, the gods must be watching and they've done some other ones where it's very much this character based stuff and the gameplay is sort of about using limited resources or just making decisions, uh, which often have big consequences. So yeah, I, I really like that. I, I love that feeling of, of just evoking that space and that situation and then just, exp- and then the game's just exploring it. Like that's fine. It doesn't yeah. have to be, Super challenging necessarily. necessarily. It can um, be, you know, to keep his mind off it, you keep on talking to him and yeah, and you're finding just, out more stuff dialogue. about- It's essentially a story game, but with some interaction and to and really good, like, sound design and stuff. I think the sound design would really make it. Yeah. Um, especially if, you know, um, you, you get through the first night and where you're expecting them to, to be able to land the helicopter or whatever, and they, they literally say, no, the storm's too- too thick. Yeah, you're going to, to wait for another twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's you there's barely like, any food, and so you therefore like you got to ration. Go and, go and yeah, like go and search out. It's like oh, like there was a, a an abandoned camp, you know, that you can probably reach within the day. And then you have to go out without them to get these rations. <laughs> it's like, are they going to be alive when you get back? But you've got a radio, so you're still able to keep that contact with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm also picturing. I just want to. Yeah, uh, just the other thing was, I like the idea of you know, as I said with the sound design, you like initially kind of each crunching through the snow, crunching, crunching, and then you know, as his leg gets worse, it's like oh, now it's like crunch, drag, crunch, drag, and then eventually you have to like put them on a stretcher or something. Like you have to fashion a stretcher or like get one from the camp, or whatever. And so then it's like crunch, crunch with like. Shh, as you're like pulling it along, like just really changing that up to get a different feeling as it progresses, uh, and and really as cool. you get slower because obviously you're running out yeah. of energy. So yeah, absolutely. You can always hear your feet dragging through the snow. Yeah, as you as you're really struggling to pull the um the guy along. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I I, I like the idea that this guy is pretty much going to going to survive. Mm-hmm. Un- unlike some of the other ones that I've sort of played through where um, at, to to sort of make it a, a poignant moment, you know, they, they end up killing off your your only friend. But I like the idea of, of having this triumph of feeling like, yes, you have actually, you've actually yeah. made it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, the helicopter finally comes, lands, you bring them over, you put them in, you hop in next to the, next to the pilot and you're like, oh, thanks for coming to get us. Like, I'm so glad that Johnny survived this whole thing. And the pilot's like- 
What do you mean? You've been alone here this whole time. <laughs> you were stationed here by yourself. No, <laughs> Your friend died nine on thirty years ago. <laughs> Why tonight's this, the anniversary? This, this cab has been abandoned for the last thirty years. <laughs> Why well, it was All tonight, right. thirty years ago, that the massive massacre <laughs> happened. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, get let's us one do more. Another, yeah. These are all weird. We must have had the complexity up. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with cereal totem garbled. Cereal with a C. So, like, the breakfast. Okay. <laughs> a cereal totem makes me makes me think of, like, a, um, a cult based off of, like, the, um, like snap crackle know, and pop. Yeah, you either snap crackle and pop, or you or you've got like, um, you know, Tony the Tiger and and you know the yep. Fruit Loops bloody Toucan Sam, um, and just shock count Chocula. These are all yeah. American brands, but we don't actually have good like cereal mascots here. So I think um, snap crackle and pop is actually snap crackle and pop. I hear they're they're on rice bubbles. Yes, but like otherwise, it's like. Oh, and the cornflakes rooster. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I think it's one of those things where people kind of they didn't like cereal has been gone for years, but the mascots have stuck around, and and you know so so they're almost indistinguishable from from gods now. Yeah, I do like the idea that the that the 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 big gods are snap, crackle, and pop, and you know that they're coming by the sounds that they make, and that's 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 what um well I'm I'm picturing that's what parents tell their children like you know don't be naughty or you'll hear the snapping, the crackling, and the popping. <laughs> so this is a uh, venge these are vengeful gods. Well, they think they are. Or at least they some some sects use them hmm. as. Uh, and then, then you got the you've got the lesser gods of of your, you know, Toucan they're Sam. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Tigers is like your optimistic, yeah, Jesus figure. <laughs> no, you don't have to relate it to actual religions, uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, they're great. Uh <laughs> and um, is sort of like I think Toucan Sam is kind of like the god, like Dionysus, like the god of 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 wine and lust and sugar and right. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know Frosted Flakes are also sugary, but that's a different. That's in a different way. <clears throat> uh. And then Count Chocula is kind of actually like Santa Claus because he only comes around once a year mm-hmm. and. Uh, and gives presents to the kids if they're good, but sucks their blood and kills them if they're bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They did. That part of the vampire myth did survive. Yeah, uh, they don't actually know what chocolate is. So, well, I was I was actually thinking that you know, um, instead of like just toys, he leaves little chocolates for the kids <clears throat> if they've been good, okay. but he sucks All their right. blood and kills them and turns them into other other like. Minions of of evil, if chocolates, uh, <laughs> chocolates, <laughs> choc elves, <laughs> choc elves. Uh, yeah, count 
Elflets. <laughs> Elflets. <laughs> Instead of chocolate. Elflet. Elflets. <laughs> Cocoa elves. Anyway. Um, we'll, we'll focus group that. Uh, <laughs> so, what is the game? Is this a, is this a real-time strategy? <laughs> Where you play one of the, like... You play one of Snap, Crackle, and Pop's... Uh, <laughs> is this like Darksiders where you play Snap in one, Crackle in the next? <laughs> <laughs> the three mascots of the apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> fuck it, yes. <laughs> yes. And as you like explore this world where they have been worshipping you for a thousand years- um, which itself was a thousand years past the actual fall of civilization. Yeah. So, so are we just calling it serial killer? But it's actually like uh, serial killer snap, serial killer pop, serial killer crackle. Well, I don't know that. It, I don't know that we necessarily do. We make it action based like Dark Siders, or is it more like an RPG, like The Witcher, <laughs> and you're like going around, and people don't actually recognize you because like. The, vi- the 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 statues and things that they've made of Snap, Crackle, and Pop, uh, like, they look like the mascots, but you're just a r- regular person. Hmm. Um, but you are wearing a kind of funny bobber's hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like the idea of it being a, a, a um, what's it called? Like, uh, sort of like a an action RPG. Yeah. But a lot of your attacks are, are like, sound-based. You just let out an almighty snap. Or the snap is the sound of your of your enemy's bones breaking. <laughs> That's why now you know why they call me snap. Crackle is like, uses a lot of fire and flames. Yep. And pop and is just popping eyeball, uh, pop eyeballs. Just left, heads and eyeballs. Left, right, and yeah. center. <laughs> yep. Eyeballs and testicles. <laughs> in a in a combo, he could do both <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> and so, does occasionally Tony Tiger show up to like plead with you to to like spare this village because they're great? Because <laughs> they're great. They're great. <laughs> Please don't kill them. They're great. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I like the idea that as as you go through, like. Literally, I think you're in three different eras. You're trying to sort of mm. bring bring the brothers back together. And it's kind of like if you ever played um, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, uh, which was a Zelda title for the Game oh, Boy. No, if you but- played through both of them and finished them both, at the very end, you actually got a mission that, um, like, was, was sort of like showing the overarching- like enemy and all this sort of stuff. Right. I think if you if you beat all three games, which release simultaneously, <laughs> well, either that or we do it as three, um, three uh, acts of the same game mm. through. But I like what you're saying of different eras, and so they're traveling through some of the same places, and so you see the aftermath of of what your previous brother did like two hundred years ago. But the first person to go through is is like the second person in the line. So if you if you know what I mean, like your your first um your first act is crackle, 
and you're going oh. through and you're seeing some of the aftermath that you haven't caused well, yet. Well, the only problem with that is that I, I was thinking it'd be cool that based on the choices you've made as Snap, yeah. Crackle might see different things. Like, they go through the town- and oh, see the Kellogg. see the door that you that you that you busted open. The great thing. city of Kellogg, and they either see it, you know, raised to the ground, or they see it, you know, prosperous and, and prosperous <laughs> based on the that then gets raised made. to the ground. <laughs> well, then you can raise it to the ground, and fucking Pop can deal with that in another two hundred years. Because fuck Pop. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what caused them to become unstuck in time? The fucking tricks, bunny. Either that, or the um, or the Lucky Charms leprechaun who was sick of the, sick of them stealing. We'll the the Lucky Charms. Um, so, so he sent them into into a different dimension. There are any other good serial mascots that we can button up with? <laughs> I mean, both of those are good, but there you go, the Sultana from Sultana Brand. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much. Uncle Toby. Uncle Toby. <laughs> Apparently, the rooster has a name. It's Cornelius. Ooh, um, I, I kind of like the idea that, like, um, you know, the person who who's actually caused all this is Cornelius, the rooster. The rooster was behind it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, God, the- we really just don't ha- like Australia. Just does not do cereal mascots other no. than Snap Crackle and Pop. Like, none of these are familiar. That's bizarre. I mean, there is a Nesquik bunny because Nesquik do 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 yeah, a cereal now. Yeah, that, but that's. I don't even know if close. he's got a name. I guess we do have Fruit Loops. I guess that's something we have. You know, I, th- uh, I think we used to have Tony Tiger because I re- I remember Tony Tiger from the TV. Because really? they're great. Uh yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, uh no, I think I think it was Cornelius Rooster, and uh, he. As the uber god of Kellogg's, right? Mm-hmm. Because cornflakes are like the, you know, the the, the main Kellogg's. It, is it is it Kelloggtopia that they all live in? Kelloggtopia? Yeah. I think it's just Kellogg. I think the, the city's just Kellogg. Uh, and then you have all these other, you know, cities around, you know, based on- You've got, like, Sultana of Bran and- <laughs> The Sultan the of Bran. Of <laughs> the Sultan of Bran, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Weetabix Mountains. <laughs> you just bring you just bring in a whole heap of the other the other cereals and just you know, maybe maybe Kellogg with a C. So it's actually it looks like Selog. <laughs> it's all off brand. Well, I mean, things would have diverged and 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 been lost over two thousand years. So yes, but in reality, like Kellogg's is still going to go. Hey, we've got a trademark on all these motherfuckers. We'll just license Kellogg's. It's fine. They'll be fine with their serial mascots massacring villages of peasants, as long as the villages of Pel- of peasants are by sanitarium or by <laughs> Uncle Toby's or. <laughs> <laughs> got Uncle Uncle Toby is like the like Lord of the Land. <laughs> okay, let's do one more, but this time oh. we're going to do a movie oh. just to finish off. A movie to finish off. All right. So this is uh, just a quick game. We get a random movie. We use the title or the description or uh, yeah, to, to or the movie itself if we know it to to essentially do a video game tie-in. So uh, let me know what you got, Trevor. 
Gold Diggers, The Secret of Bear Mountain. Like it. I like it. Okay. What year? 1995. All right. I got the Kevin Smith classic Jersey Girl. Classically uh, not well received, but uh, I, I quite like it. But I don't think it makes for a great no. video game tie-in. So I think let's go with Gold Diggers. What was the, it? Secret the Secret Bear of Mountain. Bear Mountain. Synopsis. Two teen girls, one from the city, one from the country, try to find the hidden goal of Bear Mountain, learning about friendship, loyalty, and courage along the way. Okay. So I like this as, as like a- Yeah, I think let's take a, the, the general synopsis. Yeah. I don't think it's the whole girls from the city thing, but I like the idea of two characters who come to like start a gold mining company, essentially, right? Like I know. I kind of like. Gold. I like the teenage girls being protagonists, but because we haven't seen the movie, like we're not. We're not going to go to the same place. They. Well, I was just. It's just. I was thinking gameplay wise, like this could be a good opportunity for a kind of like, not full on Minecrafty, but like Steam World diggy or sort of um, Terraria or like a, a crafting and digging and creating your mining operation kind of game. Yep. Um, in this space. So, y- you can sort of- Is it is it a game where you need to um, keep engineering in mind? So, you need to actually create, mm. like, your 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 buttresses sort of thing and-, well, and to, a, to a degree, at least. I think it's more- You can't- You the- can't just dig straight down and, and think no. that you're going to survive. No, no. It's not Minecraft in that way. It's more about, yeah, you're building, like, your rail cars and- to get, like, the rubble in and out and- Having to, um, yeah, like brace your tunnels, and it, it's a bit more realistic in that way. Uh, obviously, you don't want to go too far down that road to make it just boring and hard yeah. to deal with. But um, you know, maybe that. Well, for all of the like supports, then we're going to have to have a lumber, you know, some sort of lumber facility. So now we need to, you know, set that up and have that automated. And um, okay, so. Why is it called Bear Mountain? Well, it depends on how you spell bear. <laughs> B-E-A-R, bear. Okay, right, we're going with that bear. <laughs> uh, well, again, you could do it either that there are a lot of bears, like that could be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the bears get in the mining operation. <laughs> well, I just mean- They like, love gold. Because <laughs> I kind of like, I think it is still a little bit- so, I'm picturing this as either third or first person and it's co-op, right? Like, I'm sort of picturing this as a co-op. You both play one of these characters and together you're making the decisions on how to set up this mining operation, um, including, like, your camp and your, like, food supply and your lumber supply. And, though, like, I think you automate it in a way. Like, there's a little bit of kind of- Satisfactory-like. Well, yeah. Whether you go full satisfactory where you're setting up the actual production lines- I'm, I'm thinking what you can like, set oh, up is, like- a lumber mill down, then, like- it's going to bring in someone who works there and they're going to, like, go through, you know, maybe you hire someone who works there or something and, and they produce lumber. Um, what I think that you could do is you could have, like, um, you know, sort of like your lumber gathering robots. That, yeah. Um, but, you know, if if they're out for too long and, they, and they're not watched after well enough, sometimes bears can come and attack them and then you've got to go repair the like robots. Rescue and- them, essentially, yeah. 
Yeah. So you've got something. You got that sort of stuff happening. If you if you basically spend all your time in the in the mine, but you didn't like set the sentry guard out the front, then you could actually have mine uh, bears in the mine. And that's really scary. Maybe, okay, because I like the idea you said robots, so maybe we take this into a slightly sci-fi direction. Are these- is this not Earth? Oh, so these are nightmare bears. Like, they're- they're, Yeah, they're like- They're they're bear-like creatures, but this is- They're they're vicious. Like, they're not just- They're terrifying. Native wildlife. (laughs) They are- Yes, they're physically- They're actually coming to attack you, and it- And then it does make this- it's, It's not just a sort of- Calm, satisfactory, like, I mean, I know there are enemies in satisfactory, but like, or, or, you know, Stardew Valley sort of thing where it's like, oh, build all this up or whatever. It's like, no, you need to deal with uh, attacks and defense and, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I think, I think Factorio and stuff has that sort of yep. stuff too, right? Um, but yeah, but the focus is just around, you know, rather than some of these games which bring in all these different um, economies essentially and different resource chains. I think we keep the resource change relatively simple and it's more about making it efficient mm-hmm. and um, profitable, right? Profitable for for the company that you work for. Well, or just the company that you've created or whatever. But, like, because I did kind of like the idea of, it, it, yeah, it, that, that you set up, like, a lumber mill and then you have to- you have to buy the robots for it, right? Like there's there are costs involved mm-hmm. with the rest of the operation. So that so there's not that you have to set up this whole automation thing to like deal with trees and get lumber or whatever. It's like, no, I'm gonna we're gonna build a lumber mill and then we're gonna use some of the gold that we've mined to buy three robots and that's gonna provide us with a lot of lumber mm-hmm. um that we can then use to expand the gold mine. And it's more we're focusing on, okay, well the you know, making the gold mine efficient because this Mine, this powered minecart goes through here to pick up stuff and come back. Like you do automate that aspect of it, but it's more about the internals of the mine and elevators and, you know, grabbers and stuff. So can I give you my idea that I, that I was building before you, before I went automation on it? Before you went automation on it. Okay. So that's a, that's a really cool idea and I do like that. Yeah. Um, but where, because, because it says hidden gold of Bear Mountain, mm. I see this as almost like a Goonies like sort of okay. pirates have laid traps and stuff. Yep. And it's called Bear Mountain because the mountain like has a vague shape of a bear's head, like at the very top. And so, you know, yep. it's sort of like it's just a name in itself. But then there's been some like a, a local like escaped convict or something who's come back to try and capture the gold and so it's yep. that sort of goonies-esque um traps all the way through <laughs> legend of Curl- curly's gold yeah um city slickers but city gold diggers. slickers junior <laughs> yeah i uh, know I, I i i like the adventure yeah yeah, yeah of- i can see that so, okay, so is that is this then like a co-op kind of third-person um, platformery? Like I was actually thinking, thing, or I was actually thinking it's more because I've been playing the room lately, like playing playing through all the room games. I'm seeing it almost more that puzzle solving of you've got a map and you know it's got some it's got some like clues written on it and oh, as you, so as you're in there like you're sort of like clues and like solving the puzzles yeah 
Okay. So it that's could be interesting to mix those actually, yeah. where you have like areas of sort of platformy, like cl- climbing, exploration, and stuff to get to the next clue. You're like following it on the map. I mean, I yeah. guess almost a little bit like Firewatch, where they had, um, you know, you, your overall map and and you'd go go to the different areas. But yeah. Like, yeah, then bring it in a bit more cryptic puzzles, like like the room games where, uh. Yeah, it's about like matching symbols and finding the right like thing to plug into a box to open it up yep. because whoever has hidden this gold has like put it behind layers of puzzles and traps. And then if you remember in the Goonies there was like that music puzzle where they were like playing the um playing the skeleton keyboard. Yep. Yep. They had to play the right notes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which exactly. is you know, those sort of things like as a kid it just intrigues me that like these mm. kids got to go on this amazing adventure. And I never got to go on something like that. Like <laughs> You didn't. Didn't you no. get your Goonies adventure? Everyone <gasps> else did, Trevor. We Damn all found, it. like, hidden uh, pirate ships. I found, like, a buried spacecraft from an alien race. It was amazing. Oh, you bastards. Met a friendly alien. I, mu- I must have know, slept in too, too long. And- <laughs> I, remember, I remember when I was a teenager, I used to sleep in until, like, one o'clock in the afternoon. I must yeah, have missed no, it. Yeah, no, that was it. They always started pretty early, <laughs> those adventures. Um, Maybe it's like jury duty that you that you know only certain teenagers got picked out. Like you mm-hmm. got a, you got a, you got a letter in the um, in the mail, and it's- yeah, yeah, you've been selected to have a cool, you know, Goonies adventure, team, young team Goonies adventure, Goonies TM. Steven Spielberg funded this so that every kid in the world, unfortunately, the world- because you're the fat kid, you get to play chunk. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. Chunky's a fucking hot, hot ass lawyer now, so <laughs> good for him. Okay, so uh, I reckon that gets us to the end of tonight's episode. Yeah, I think that's it. So thank you for joining us this week on Get Storm. Oh, thank, thank you, you, Ben. Wanna- <laughs> well, yeah, you too, Trev. Always. <laughs> but I was talking to our listening audience. Oh, damn it! <laughs> if you want to find us online, we would absolutely love it if you'd leave us a review on Podchaser. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. And uh, drop some reviews there. We'll see them. We'll respond to them. Let us know what you thought of the episode or just give us some, you know, alternate ideas for what you would have done with a prompt. That's always fun. Did you listen back to episode six and did we repeat some of the ideas? Yeah. Maybe Let us know. Just fuck that up and, and can't remember our own, de- own games. We, we don't remember all the ones that we did. <laughs> we don't. It's hundreds. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasters doing shows around video games and pop culture and role-playing and sports and all sorts of sweet stuff. Cool stuff. Use whichever one of those you like, Trevor. Uh, (laughs) All of them, because they can't be bothered editing it. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. Go to 8bit.net to check them out. Okay, and if you like Australian gaming podcasts, the, you can find a whole heap of them at the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mad Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. So thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. <gasps> Trevor. What? Do you hear that? It's coming closer. Snap. The popping. The snapping. <laughs> the crackling. No. Save oh. us, Tony Tiger. <laughs> They're great. At killing. At killing.